0: Awesome! Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your busy day today, Glenn. I really appreciate you coming on for people who don't know who you are. Tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, the company you represent.
1: Sure. My name is Glenn Keenan. I'm vice president of sales for U.S. Bowling Corporation. Uh, We're a family owned bowling manufacturer. Been in existence since 1994, based out of Chino, California. I've been with them since 2005 and have seen all different types of changes in industry. And I'd be happy to discuss with you what we see coming up going forward.
0: Sure. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. What, is that your first foray into the bowling industry or did you have some kind of bowling? Uh, I've been
1: in the industry myself since probably about 1993, working for various companies and joined US bowling in 2005 as Mm an Eastern regional sales rep and I'm now vice president of the company.
0: Oh, wow. Awesome. Yes, you have a great, it's
1: been a great ride. That's been a
0: that's awesome. Yeah. You have know, 30 years of bowling experience. Yes. Yeah. You've seen it all. Yeah. Um,
1: I have. Absolutely. Especially so, through COVID, which was not easy for a lot of people.
0: So. Yeah. I know you had to change day by day. Great. So yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you're seeing work for some of your customers today. And you speak to a lot of people. What kind of stuff do you see working or, and what kind of.
1: What we see in today's industry for traditional bowling centers is they are taking out Uh, A percentage of their lanes and doing conversions to family entertainment centers. Mm -hmm. We see that a lot and they're replacing the lanes uh, that they take out with either uh, redemption arcade or axe throwing or mini bowling, things like that to try to maximize the revenue per square foot. And uh, myself, I'm an accountant. So I'm very familiar with the numbers and how they translate for return on investment with the customers Mm -hmm. and the people that are Doing these types of conversions are also modernizing the bowling lanes that they keep at the same time. Whether they're doing new scoring, just a plug for us, we do a scoring lease program which is exclusive to the industry. And if you have any uh, listeners who are interested, have them, feel free to give them my contact information and I can talk to them about it. Sure, But uh, we do over a thousand lanes a year of this program and it's very helpful to the customers. What's the
0: the difference of that compared to the typical? A
1: typical program is uh, most bowling center owners would have to purchase scoring up front. Mm -hmm. And with this program, all they do is they give a deposit for installation, training, and freight, and they get the scoring. It's like leasing a car. Mm -hmm. And after four years, you can either keep going on the lease, you can purchase the system at a prorated rate, or you can return it. Like mm-hmm. I said, like leasing a car. The advantage is, and what we, is we include all tech support, parts warranty, and all computer software upgrades mm. in the lease program. So there's yep. no planned it's obsolescence costs. on the software, which right. is the big key. Of course. The most bowling centers, they get six, seven years into their scoring system and their software is just completely outdated for right. today's demographics and today's social media users and things like that. Mm-hmm. And if you're a 20-lane center, you're looking at spending I don't know 100 to 150 thousand dollars on a new scoring system, which you probably have to go to a bank for. You got to borrow your yep. money, you got to personally guarantee, you got to put up your house and all the other stuff. With our system, a 20-lane center is looking at about 20 thousand dollar deposit,
0: mm.
1: which again yeah. covers installation, training, and freight, and then you're just making a monthly payment. Right. So you get positive cash flow. Yeah, you don't I have to worry about is. it. And I have customers that have been leasing for four years
0: mm-hmm. that
1: have just re-upped their leases for another four years. Because it's, yeah. it's just complete peace of mind as far as parts warranty and tech support, and having state of the art software, which is key.
0: Right. Yeah. Just like a car, you don't have to worry exactly. about it breaking
1: down. Yeah. Exactly. And so now, do they what still what do get? They, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: As you say, do they still get like depreciation and things with the capital
1: improvement? No, they just they just expense it as a lease under gross a, profit.
0: A straight write off. Yeah. For that's saving, really nice. Then
1: you know, twenty three to twenty eight cents on the dollar mm-hmm. for taxes for the exactly.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah, that's really nice. I didn't think and about it. And they never yeah. worry
1: about the scoring system again. That's right. what everybody says is just complete peace of mind.
0: Yeah, no, that, that is really, that's, that's a good program. Okay, so uh, sorry, I, I cut you off. Tell me a yeah. little bit about some of the other things you're seeing, obviously the, the transition the B, to the F-
1: Yeah, so the transition to the F- FEC, a lot of these centers are finding that I, I one of the things you had mentioned there, that league bowling was down to 1.97% of total bowlers in the United mm-hmm. States which it may be a little less than that based upon what we're finding. And we also have found that open play bowlers who are not, league bowlers. On average, you need about 50 to 60 open play bowlers to spend the same amount of money as a hundred league bowlers, it because they're around. paying top dollar for right. a either, and they're mm-hmm. drinking and eating more than league bowlers do. Nothing against league bowlers. This is just a monetary fact of the industry. Right. And a lot of centers are finding that if they have 24 lanes, let's say, they're still going to be able to fit their leagues and those people on 18 lanes, let's say. So they take out six lanes, they put in a redemption arcade or they put in axe throwing and the revenue per square foot, which is the key to being mm-hmm. successful in this industry, right. almost triples. Yep. Based upon what they're doing. I always go back to a center we did called Colonial Lanes in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. It was a 64 lane bowling, 64 wow. lane traditional bowling center. Yeah. And we literally tore down half his, bill. made <laughs> it the parking lot with the front entrance. Wow. It was down to yeah. 28 lanes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he put in a redemption arcade, two lanes of mini bowling, a laser tag, and a new bar and restaurant concept. Mm-hmm. And his revenue quadrupled. I bet the first year. easily. Yeah. And this I'm sure the profits right there now yeah. he spent about $5 million because his demolition was quite expensive. Sure. But his return on investment was phenomenal.
0: Right? Yeah. I'm sure you, had, so, you pay that back pretty quickly. Five years or less.
1: So this is a trend. The next big trend, what you're going to see is a conversion from free fall pin setters to string pin setters. Mm-hmm. Yep. As soon as the USBC sanctions string pin setters for, uh, League play, sanctioned Mm -hmm. league play. We have quite a few Bowling centers in the United States now that are lining up literally for conversion to 24 volt string pin setters. Yeah. And and ours are 24 volt, the safest pin setter in the world to use because you can't get electrocuted working on 24 volts. And they use about 15% of the power. Yeah. So these are big items. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is a traditional pin setter has about 2,200 moving parts per pin setter. Mm -hmm. And the mechanic pin setter has 85.
0: Yeah. So
1: I did a, I did a 20 lane center in Massachusetts. One of the ones that we built for him, we built five locations for him, but in 2005, we built one Mm -hmm. that, you know, pre-advent of string setters. And we went in later on after we did formal locations with string and did a conversion for him and in the first year. He saved over a hundred thousand dollars between labor parts and power because, you know, he paid for the pin setters in two years. Exactly. Yeah. And then going forward, he's got a hundred thousand dollars in positive cash flow for that type of investment. So that's why a lot of centers are considering this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think the change is? Because I talked to Funk Bowling and they're over in Europe. They've been trying to do string machines for a long time. What do you think's the catalyst that got people saying, okay, no, this is legit. This is a good way to go. Is is it just the acceptance or what changed? I
1: think it's the research and development of the string pin setter itself. Mm -hmm. Our string pin setter, we did over five years of research and development before we Mm -hmm. brought it to market. And we have a lot of features in it that frankly, nobody else has regarding the 24 volt, the capability to set individual pins. We have pneumatic ball doors in the system. So you can't get any pins caught in the ball tour uh, at all. So these are all features that make it easier for family entertainment center owners, because that's the real crux of what's going on here. Most family entertainment center, new construction, the owners are not from the industry. So they don't know about getting mechanics to, you know, fix traditional pin setters. Yeah. And it's very difficult. So your average center being built today is 12 to 16 lanes and Mm they throw in the string pin setters and they don't have to worry about a mechanic, anybody who takes care of their arcade games or something like that can take care of the pin centers. There's really preventative maintenance is nothing. So that's really the advent of the string pin center was a new family entertainment center construction with bowling as an anchor, not total bowling. These centers are only doing 30, 35% of their revenue in bowling. So they don't want to be spending a hundred thousand or so like we previously discussed on parts, power, mechanic, mm-hmm. things like that. And even the USBC has noted in one of their art that one of the reasons for looking at sanctioning string pin setters is because you can't find mechanics in mm-hmm. traditional pin setters. You just can't yep. find harder and harder because it's mm-hmm. a generational thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really where the advent of string pin setters are going. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, we are one of the largest remanufacturers of free fall pin setters in the world. Every pin setter in stock, that's from every major company. Okay. And I probably have sold 40 of them in the last five years. And that was That's to it. South, and that was to South Korea. It <laughs> wasn't even domestic it, sale. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting to see where the industry's going as far as yeah. pin centers go. New center construction. I have probably one or two new centers that I'll build in the next two years that have free fall pin centers. Wow. Only because yeah. they want to be league based. But other than that, it's strictly, mm-hmm. you know, I'll probably put in three to 500 string pin setters construction compared to maybe 20, in right? Fall. That's the trend. That's the major trend. And like I said, the other thing is really incorporating ancillary revenue profit. If you have too many lanes.
0: Yeah. And do you guys do any of that or do you see anything working better than others? Like the ax throwing or what are some of the ones that you guys see working I think there's the best? some really
1: good ax throwing products that have been developed. Uh, mm-hmm. Virtual reality is another concept that's taking mm-hmm. on a lot of steam right now because it doesn't take up a lot of space and yeah. it is really going after the twelve to forty year old demographic. Mm -hmm. Who likes to drink? It's your higher spend. And that's what we're trying to do on the bowling too with our scoring system, is do interactive games. We have a game called Pin Golf, Mm -hmm. which is like playing PlayStation Golf. So we're the more pins you hit, the longer your drive goes or the better your chip mm. is, or the better your putt is. And your score is actually a golf score. So it's trying to be interactive with the kids and the teens and the young adults at home playing PlayStation and games like that mm. really, I think helps with the scoring.
0: Right. Yes, yeah, So really broadening from a just purely bowling is the game to all games. Yeah. Like yeah. we have a
1: target game where there's positive and negative pin values. Mm. If you hit certain pins that the pin setter sets. And it's all different themes, but it's basically, again, you're trying to bring like a PlayStation game to the bowling center, as opposed to just any type of other games that are out there where the more pins you hit for your corridors or something like that, which really doesn't excite the younger bowlers today. Right. And that's the problem. And it, in in our, I'll be 60 in, in November, mm-hmm. in our generation, when you we were bowling and, and there's great scoring systems out there, not just, but you were just competing against other scoring systems with some type of just game for them mm-hmm. to bowl with. Now you're not competing against that. You're competing against, you know, like I said, PlayStation or Save or right. things in like home. that at home Yeah, these kids mm-hmm. are playing that if they come into the bowling center and the games are not compared to that, mm-hmm. they're bored in two minutes. And of course the social media apps are the most important things going into bowling as well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's what we do. as a lot of research and development is focused.
0: Yeah, almost having multiple games within every game for the, the bowling side.
1: Exactly. And you have to be able to do it on a lane-by-lane basis mm-hmm. or competitively across the house, excuse
0: me. Mm-hmm. I see. And so you guys have a whole, I guess, research and development team is working on that, the back end software developers to create yes, that. Yes,
1: because because in the scoring lease program, everything we write, mm-hmm. customer gets. For example, we have a brand new on, online reservation system or a brand new point of sale system for the restaurant and bar. Mm-hmm. And any of our customers that are on that program automatically just get it downloaded into their system.
0: Yeah. That's that's a much better way to go. You used to have a lot of time in between drops, like the software version 1.0 yeah. to 2.0 no, now not it's anymore. yeah. Every week, you know, or like Tesla, even look at that, you update your car overnight every yes. night.
1: Yeah. And, and we like that because having your programmers on staff, you have the capability to do your research and development based upon what your customers say. Right. Yeah. The feedback. If they say, oh, we don't have this, but I want this mm-hmm. it's easy. For us, just to write it into the system. But the advantage is that everybody that's a customer of yours gets that. Even though only one person asked for it, Mm -hmm. everybody gets the benefit of that upgrade
0: and just gets better over time.
1: Yeah. So that's why we do that. Yeah. You know, widely accepted by the industry today.
0: Yeah. I I can imagine, especially people who are a little, you know, more forward thinking and know Mm -hmm. technology. I could see how that would be a no brainer to them. Absolutely. Awesome. So well, what else can I help you with today? That's all I had really for today. I know you're a little crunch for time. So if people want to get in touch with you or are interested in something like this, what's the best way to, to contact you or, or what would you uh, suggest for them to check out? You
1: can go on the usbowling.com website, mm-hmm. or you can contact me at Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at usbowling.com, or my cell phone number is 215-275-1287. And I'm based out of Philadelphia, so it's East Coast time. You people in the West try to call me I'm right too late. Have some consideration. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming, Glenn. And it sounds like we need to do another one of these maybe later in the year because you're a wealth of knowledge, been in the industry a long time. But I, I do appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, and if you want to get
1: another time, like I said, my my background is accounting. Yes. So, I you know, the, the next time, if I have I apologize for the shortness in time I have mm-hmm. today, but it's Monday and
0: uh, yeah, of course. You know what yeah. happens over
1: the weekend, but I do a lot of consulting with my clients on the numbers. Okay. As a matter of fact, I have, I have a client who we opened up his, it was a closed center in Indiana and we reopened it for him and, mm-hmm. and he opened up in August of 2021 and he sends me his financials every month. Hmm. And I review them for him at no charge, and tell him yeah. where to adjust to maximize his uh, net profit. Yeah. So that's another wow. topic that bowling center uh, operators really need to crunch on and, and make sure you're maximizing that profit. Mm. We can discuss some of those things next time.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would love to because I think if you're someone who's looking to scale, that's like the first thing you need to need to figure out, even like product lines, what to offer, profit per square foot. And that's exactly. all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's the, most, it's the most important concept of, as I always say, building your second location. Because if you don't get the first one, I'm not done. Right. You're just going to double your problems. <laughs> exactly. But if you get the first one, you're in good shape. Yep. Absolutely. So. All right. We'll Thanks. count. Yeah. All right. You got it.
0: Great. Thanks again, Glenn. Absolutely. Yep. Thank we'll you. be in touch. Okay. Bye bye.